0: Hey,
1: this is your name, your name, your name And, uh They say it ain't easy He's green Gang green Have their man Jets got themselves
0: a great Robert Sala Robert Sala Talk about all gas, no break to great one We're not talking about effort on the
1: field We're talking about the process at which we do things I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the power. Nice, 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 base. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey,
0: own this run! own this run! The
1: New York Jets. we beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. and welcome to the latest edition of the ain't easy being green podcast broadcasting to you live from beautiful amazing picturesque crystal lake studios in putnam Valley, new york i'm joined as always by my colleague and co-host none other than the number one jet fan in the state of texas michael lagaris everybody <laughs> <laughs> what's <is> going <laughs> on guys jets how about those jets a new era here mike a new era. Now we brought in Coach Salah. We brought in Joe D last year. It kinda keeps like kinda seems like we keep talking about a new era. But when you draft that quarterback, number two overall at the top, Ooh. that's a new era. That's turning the page. That's handing the keys over to one Zach Wilson who came out, fired up. High five people, Mike, which I liked. I like the vibe. I liked everything about Zach Wilson. We're really gonna get into him getting to the other picks. Big picture here with the New York Jets, Mike. I think they did a great job. I think most people you see, besides that one writer out there that we saw from NBC Sports, who just wanted to be that guy, I guess. Just wanted to be the one guy to rain on the Jets parade, okay? You saw really good draft grades out there. You know, this is the second draft of this Joe Douglas rebuild, Mike. Last year, the first two picks was Makai Becton, Denzel Mims. Mm -hmm. This year, our first four picks, offensive picks. Mm -hmm. So I know what we said about Sam. We don't think he's the best. Um, We're going to see what the deal is with Sam and Carolina. But I have to admit, we never put him in this type of position like we're putting Zach Wilson with plenty of talent on the field. Seems like we're building that offensive lineup. Got some good skill position players. Um, Four offensive players in a row start the draft, Mike. Zach Wilson, we move up. We get Elijah Vera Tucker. We go ahead and grab Elijah Moore, who to me is the absolute steal of this draft. And we grab Michael Quarter in the fourth round. I don't know what draft I've been more pleased with when it ended, Mike. And dare I say, this is the greatest draft in the history of Jets football? Can I say that? Or is that, I, is that, is I, that hyperbole? I, is that exaggeration,
0: Mike? Or is that real? I'm just being as a Jet. I've been a Jet fan my whole life. Like everybody knows. Look, And I've been through many, 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 many drafts. And like, I have never been through a draft where I was so excited for the first, man, four, yeah, first four picks. Every time I've Zach Wilson's exactly who I wanted, got me the player I wanted. This is selfish. I'm talking selfish now. Then they move up, like we're in the middle rounds. I'm on phone with my boy, actually. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what they're gonna do. What are they gonna do? Jenkins, going was like, oh, straight up, what? And it's Elijah Veratucka. And I just told him early, I'm like, yo, Veratucka's coming here in the next, that, that's boy right there. And we hook him, the best interior lineman in this draft wow. ripped locked in the left side of the offensive line for the next decade wow i was so excited after night one Ooh. and then we get into night two and i'm thinking all right we gotta get a corner i'm taking tyson campbell remember i was like yo tyson yeah, campbell, that's your boy right boy. There. i kept talking about him i was like i'm telling you guys you were right you were and went right, right away Number one, I'm like, damn it, yeah. And then, and then they take Elijah Moore, and I couldn't be more thrilled. This guy, really, I mean, when we did our top five, look, I'm not trying to toot our own horns, but the top four picks were in our top prospects for each of those different. Keith had Michael Carter. Keith had. Elijah Tucker as his number two offensive line talent, right? I had Elijah Moore as my fifth wide receiver. And after looking at the numbers more, he is the second highest rated PFF passer, uh, receiver in this draft. I had Kadarius Tony above him. I, I think I may challenge that after really diving in on Elijah Moore. So I just think phenomenal pick there to get, uh, Zach Wilson, another tool, and then, they go so what's so sick about this Is yes, yeah, did they give up two third round picks to move up for Elijah Vera Tucker to go after the guy they wanted yes they did but you need to do that especially during moments like this in a, re, in a, in a rebuild right and especially in the fact when we're in COVID and we don't really have all the medicals on these players so this is the best time to kind of go ahead and skip the third round you know late second because we're not really sure exactly with these guys and what happens they would have gripped michael carter in the third he falls to us to the fourth oh, round man. and this is one of the top rushers in the draft yeah so we i mean it's crazy you got the nucleus right there i'm so joe douglas is Bravo. Joe, un- Bravo! The joe douglas. Biggest decision that we have done as a franchise is hiring this man and you and me flipped not that we didn't want joe douglas but the approach that that Adam Gase and, you know, the team did. We were just like, what are you doing? We just draft The best decision ever made. Greatness made in chaos.
1: Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the way that the draft went, getting Michael Carter there in the fourth, Mike, the value of such a shallow running back class and thinking, all right, well, we're getting into this fourth. Joe Douglas said, no, I know fathoming this guy of talent like that would be there at the top of the fourth. But the way things shook out in that third round, teams went a different direction. Some teams were grabbing cornerbacks up. There was a run there. And we get lucky. I mean, we, we deserve these type of picks dropping into our lap. We've been waiting forever. We had all these drafts, and I meant to do the research before the, before the show, Mike. But we don't have to even go through the picks to know that there's about a 20-year run where we mostly always grab. We're grabbing defensive players in the first round. From Bill Parcells all the way through, all these different coaches. Um, it seemed like we always grabbed defensive players. Different approach here. We're going to invest in this young quarterback. We're going to build this offensive line. We're going to get him some skill position players. And, you know, there's some stats here with this draft. You know, this is all just conjecture. You know, you don't know how these guys are going to play. It's all speculative, as we know, guys. Right. We hope Zach Wilson's tremendous. We hope Elijah Barrett-Tucker's great. But when you get into what the Jets were able to accomplish here, me and Mike were discussing a stat before the show started. Um, Scouts Inc. has been keeping track of, you know, putting out draft grades since 2004. And Mike, if I'm correct, there's only one... Other team since 2004 that has drafted three players in one draft with a 90 or above rating. The Jets were one of those teams this year with Zach Wilson, Elijah Veritalka, and Elijah Moore. The only other team was, I think, the Dolphins back in 2005. And so 2008.
0: Is... They, did it, twi- they what? did it twice. So this is but, not something
1: yeah. that happens often. And so it's, it's happened no. twice since 2004. It's a rare occurrence uh, yep. to nail picks like that. I think Elijah Moore to me. I mean, unbelievable value getting him into 34. I cannot believe the Packers didn't grab him. We're I can't him. believe they did. Uh, unbelievable. Goodness. And even, even the Giants. I mean, I thought we had – we me you and I had Elijah Moore going – to the Titans at 22. and Mike, I got to give you kudos. You had a pretty good mock draft. I got to give you a pat in the back that you did a pretty good job with your mock. I think we thought Moore was definitely going mid to late first. That's what you saw yeah. in the drafts. You get him at 34. Um, that's absolutely unbelievable. And it just seems like the picks from Seattle also, like we said, Mike, we gave up the 66. We gave up, I think, the 86 pick as well. But we got back another fourth round pick and right. we move up and we get Elijah Vera Tucker who some draft scouts, some offensive linemen, experts, and gurus on NFL.com thought was the number one offensive lineman in the draft, even over Penny Sewell, which I know sounds ridiculous, but they were saying that basically because he doesn't make mistakes, this kid at all. He's the most sure thing there is in the draft, according to a lot of people. And PFF put out a ranking today, Mike. He said he was the best fit of any pick in the entire draft. Elijah Vera Tucker, the New York Jets, considering what our needs were and what he does. No better pick there. I think that's kind of a sure thing pick. And you move up and you get your guy if that's the guy you want. Now, we have Beckton there, left tackle. If they think that Elijah Vera Tucker potentially could be even better than Beckton, I mean, this kid doesn't make mistakes. Technically, when it comes to his his technique, he might be even better than Beckton. You know, more first, he can play. He can play probably probably play tackle. He's going to play guard. But you pop those two kids on the left side of the line, Beckton, Elijah Vera Tucker protecting the blind side of our boy, Zach Wilson, who we know is mobile. We know if that rush is coming from the right side, he's going to see it a little bit better. The left side, he's not. Maybe they give him that extra second that we need to get the job done. But, I mean, all across the board here, Mike, all you see is kudos to Joe Douglas. And we're not used to this. No. We don't live in this world. We don't know what this even, is like.
0: Even Mel Kuyper, who we all know, wants to hold on to his narratives. And he always says, I think oh. they should have stuck with Donald oh. and not oh. gone with Zach Wilson. But. The Jets had great drafts. <laughs> he, yeah. he even admits it. He, so right. he has to. He has to. Because, and then we'll talk about later rounds next episode. But even in the later round, what they did strategically, throwing darts at the secondary and getting got hybrid cats to go play that will. Linebacker. I mean, I love the strategy. Yeah. And then, obviously, the undrafted free agents. You love the tight end. You love oh, yeah. the tight end. I'm I'm in love with the tight end. Yeah,
1: Yaboa. I mean that go look oh, up what Mel Kiper my. said about him. That was a that was a guaranteed day three guy, he thought. Yes. Obviously, tight end's a weird position, but put up some tremendous stats last year. If you look, I think he had about 530 yards, six touchdowns at Ole Miss. Very athletic tight end. We grabbed him. I think he's gonna be the starter next year. We're gonna do that next week. You know, yeah, we know yeah, guys yeah, yeah, we took yeah. another Michael Carter. I know we took Sherwood from Auburn on um, pinoff. Oh. We took your boy from FSU, Mike, who Maybe would have been a second or third round pick. Tackling machine, they might convert. Nashville Dean, I think his name is. Yes. Uh, We took Echols, we took Marshall, defensive and markers. The rest of the draft was all defense. Yes. But I think what's highlighting this draft is those first four picks, which we're going to get into right now, because we know at that top of the draft, number two overall, the New York Jets selected one, Zach Wilson. The number two overall pick of the NFL draft, the New York Jets selected BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Wilson. Wilson was a three-year starter at BYU who burst onto the national scene with a huge 2020 season. Throwing 33 touchdowns with only three interceptions, Wilson also added 10 rushing touchdowns to the mix to finish with a QB rating of 196.5. Wilson is a smart, instinctive quarterback with great poise and command of the offense. He's patient in the pocket, with a good sense of the rush, where he can also use his mobility to buy time for his receivers. He can make every throw from every angle and is a high-velocity thrower. The best-case scenario NFL quarterback comparison for Zach Wilson is one Russell Wilson. Zach Wilson, Mike, the new face of the New York Jets, along with our coach, Robert Sala. When you take over the reins of a team in New York, I know I know the Jets, we talk about our, our reputation, might throughout the league, throughout the world. Uh, I know we don't have necessarily the most amazing lineage in the history of the NFL. However, New York is New York. Okay, he talked to Josh McCown and he said, what's the deal in New York? Let me know what the story is. Josh McCown said, I was a little worried about going there. Wasn't a big city guy. I went in there, I loved it. I fell in love with the city, fell in love with the people, fell in love with the fans, let them know what was up. And here we have another guy, fiery Mike, athletic, can make the throws. Doesn't matter that he has the hottest mom in the country. Si- Besides the point, just tells you the <laughs> Mike, it just tells you the DNA is strong, Mike. He might be still slinging at 42 years old. I saw his mom. He came out. I was stoked because he had that energy that you want to see. I'm not saying that matters. I'm not saying energy translates into success. You could be super chill like Eli Manning and be a baller. You could be a hyperactive lunatic on the sideline like Phillip Rivers be a baller. Doesn't make a difference. But I'm just saying what I like to see in New York is a guy with a little bit of personality. Sam, super laid-back California, super chill. I get it. Okay, our boy Zach Wilson today is getting on the plane. What did his mom say? Coming to New York. Take care of my baby boy. He's a straight-up savage. That's what she said, Mike dude
0: i want to i want to share this with with jeff fans if you go on the nfl.com and look at zach wilson's uh draft profile they'll give you his strengths and weaknesses if you look at his weaknesses. He actually only has 10, which is actually pretty small compared to a lot of the other players. And when you go through the weaknesses, it's hilarious. Level of competition allowed for bombs away mindset in 2020. Let me educate everybody. When you go look at the competition that Zach Wilson played in 2020, and you go look at the competition that Patrick Mahomes played in 2016, and you put their difficulty uh uh score together by uh, sk- strength of schedule zach wilson actually played a harder schedule than patrick mahomes and obviously patrick mahomes is patrick mahomes what i'm essentially saying is this weakness that if when you go on nfl.com is the very first weakness level of competition and by the way the last weakness went went two for four against top 25 teams uh, during his career these narratives are ridiculous they don't mean anything because it's all about what can a player do sure. not oh the level of competition because guess what who is he playing with imagine he was playing with all the talent that mac jones was playing with. Yeah. then how would he do so you see what i'm saying and then they then they say things like um he passed up easy throws to take harder throws What kind of ridiculous – I want a quarterback that's attacking the field. I want that. I don't want a cat that's just going to go dink and dunk. I want a player that's going to attack. They say that he struggled with accuracy and decision-making against Coastal Carolina, Keith. Against one team, that's a weakness. <laughs> and yeah, then the wait, one game. he, he, and they say he lost the game, but if you watch the game, actual people who literally watch the game, son, he ran them down the field and threw the game winning touchdown, and the dude just didn't get in the end zone. Yep. Like he, he did them, just watch the game. He almost won the game. The guy just didn't get in the end zone. So I just look, I look at all these weaknesses, and I'm just like, not even NFL. They can't, you don't see And Mike, if you, and that, they're whatever. just talking about
1: his schedule from last year. If you go went to the year into before a tough SEC environment on the road, Tennessee won a game. Yeah. To play USC. Um, that was a home game, but they played USC, beat USC. Yeah. I mean, what are those garbage teams now? You know, it's like everyone, I know, I know the short term memory everyone has, and I get it. I guess you have to try to find weaknesses when you do those reports. I understand. And we're not saying Zach Wilson necessarily is a finished product yet. Of course, there's things to improve on. But But, I think when it comes here with the Jets, Mike, I think the reason that we can bank on him, I think he's going to be successful right away. And here's why I think it. Offense, are going to be running this wide zone offense from San Francisco. Okay? It's similar, not the same thing, but similar to what he ran at BYU. And not not that that automatically means that, you know, it's going to translate to success. But, you know, they have those outside zone rushes and that type of offense sets up the play action when they adjust, right? And it's going to create, like, his first season in the league is what I'm saying. This is the type of offense that's QB friendly for a young quarterback. He's going to create big passing lanes. He's going to be throwing on the run. He's going to have wide open guys to throw to. They have the most yards after the catch the San Francisco 49ers every single year. The last I should say yep. the last couple of years with the offense that they're running. Um, the I, Like I said, he ran a similar offense at BYU and he's experienced in those run pass options at BYU. He knows what that's like. He has mobility. He can make plays on the run. And I think all of his strengths play into... Exactly what the Jets are gonna ask him to do. Whereas you look at what Gase was running, okay, Mike. Say you took say you took Joe Blewett. We had him on here, he's breaking the film down for us. And Mike, you're great at breaking down film X's of those too. So you had anyone on there that's an expert. It'd be hard for them to tell you, Mike, what Gase was trying to do on offense.
0: Right.
1: You know what I mean, Mike? Like it'd mm-hmm. be hard for them to say, here's his approach, here's what they're attacking. And you anyone in the world could say the Jets talent was low, whatever the case may be. I understand. Really good offensive minds figure it out, okay? When it comes to what LaFleur is doing, what we're going to run next year, I think we know how we're going to attack. And I think what Zach Wilson does as a quarterback plays perfectly into that.
0: Oh, and here's the thing. We all know about talent. We know about the arm angles. We know about the, the his ability to have uh, quick throws. We know that he can... Uh, process really well. He throws with anticipation. We understand that he throws tight and cover two windows. We understand a lot of that stuff. Very accurate. Great deep ball thrower. All the beautiful things you like to know about a thrower, right? He looks awesome too when he throws the ball. Like, wow, he has that thing. But here's the biggest part you know, again, I don't want to talk wrong on Sam. I don't want to talk wrong on Sanchez. I don't want to talk wrong on Gino. But what I'm saying is, those guys came in, they were going to do a job. But you never got the sense from any of them that they had the, the absolute uh want to be great. Not just win, but be great at what they do. Dude, Zach Wilson is crazy. He is a nut job. He watches film at all time. Like He loves football all the time. And here's one of the great attributes about this young man. When COVID hit, a lot of teams shut down. Right. A lot of players were like, oh, no football, no school. I can go party. I can go home. You know, you know what Zach Wilson did? He got in his car, drove 10 hours all the way out to California and literally practiced with John Beck for months. That's how he learned all those arm angles and all that crazy routes. And Beck already knew the West Coast offense, taught him all that stuff, all the lingo. Dude comes into 2020 like crushed it. Like that's, and what I'm trying to say is, you know, instead of just chilling when he could, he used that time to get better. That is the type of athlete. That is the type of leader. That is the type of professional you want. Like, like, look at Kobe, the late, great Kobe Bryant. God bless. God rest his soul. Kobe almost slapped Shaq upside the head because he was eating a, a, a cheeseburger in the locker room. Like, what the hell are you doing? Kobe would come in early, working out, eating right, because he was crazy, because yeah. he wanted to be great. Those guys... Now, you have guys like Tracy McGrady who were like really athletic, but they never got to that level because they just didn't have the drive. Guys like who have that craziness and they like Jerry Those Rice wasn't as good. Jerry Rice was nowhere near as talented as like a guy like Penny Moss, but Jerry Rice was nuts and he's the greatest of all time because of that mentality. So I love Zach Wilson, not just for the intangibles, skills i love the mentality and i think he's gonna come in here i think he's gonna rock it dude yeah i really do
1: competitive fire is something that you always want and i know Mm -hmm. not everybody expresses it the same way but i think somebody like zach wilson you could just see it you know he wears his heart on his sleeve like you said some of the greatest players in sports that we know of mike they combine those natural skills the work ethic with wanting to beat everybody at everything they do yes i mean if you yes. watch the last dance with michael jordan me and you grew up like you know i was i was a, a knicks fan i know my mike you idolized michael jordan growing up as everyone should he's the greatest yeah. basketball player of all time i mean when you watch that you see that type of drive which makes you be the greatest of all time you're not trying to make friends you're trying to get w's and you're trying to get your team as far as you possibly can every single year what do you want to see in your quarterback and i think that's what our boys bring in here to new york and i know so, and number
0: two he's wearing number two
1: wearing number, number two number two and we know they are on the left side of the line as we said Jets moved up to number 14 to grip up our next pick in the draft elijah vera tucker with the 14th overall pick of the nfl draft the new york jets selected usc offensive lineman elijah vera Tucker. The Jets traded the 23rd overall pick along with two third rounders to move up to 14 and grab Vera Tucker, who's widely considered the best guard in the 2021 NFL Draft. Vera Tucker is a punishing run blocker who will excel in the zone blocking scheme the Jets plan on running this season. He has above average strength and a thick wide frame to absorb the bull rush, plays under control, and rarely makes any mistakes. Great hands and technique and above average reaction time getting to the second level on blocks best case nfl scenario comparison multiple time pro bowler brandon scherf so it's been a while since we could say, and we said this before the draft and when we did our live show the other night. And again, thank everybody for joining us. I meant to say that at the top of the show, who, everybody who joined us on the live feed, we had a whole bunch of people tune in. That was great. Everyone that helped us out on the show, that was great too. But what we said, Mike, was, you know, the last time the Jets had two rocks on the offensive line, as all Jet fans know, DeBrickshaw, Ferguson, Nick Mangold, and we built our offensive line around those two players for a long time. And we stayed pretty decent with our offensive line play For a long time, because you always had two staples. If you had a couple of average, decent jabronis around them, and you got two rocks, you're always going to be pretty good. And I think that's what we're going to have here now. I mean, Elijah Vera Tucker, Mike, to me, like I said, I thought he was the second best lineman in the draft. Didn't have any realistic expectation of him getting to number 23. You and I bandied about on previous shows, oh, maybe we move up, we have plenty of picks. Um, I just didn't see this happening, but I'm so happy they did, because, you know, you're going to have Tucker and you're going to have Beckton under very cap-friendly contracts now for three or four years, depending on which direction they go. They'll have Zach Wilson under a very friendly contract for a short amount of time here as well. I it just, It's the nucleus building that you see in successful teams is get that quarterback on that rookie contract, build around him with skilled position players, which the Jets did. But getting back to Elijah very Tucker, Mike, they trade 66, they trade 86, they trade 23, to move up to 14 to get him. He's probably the safest bet when it comes to offensive linemen in the draft okay he doesn't make mistakes the best guard in the draft probably strong enough to play tackle if he needed to but i think we're going to slide him into left guard which is where he played had his best season in 2019 might get this in pass protection in 2019 elijah vera tucker 561 pass protection snaps he gave up one pressure wow he's playing in the pac-10 this kid's not playing at d2 he's not playing Jeronyville. i mean that's that's impressive stuff and then they say his strength is run blocking so, I mean, that's, that's a guy who's, that's a guy and who's- And
0: Becton, too. And Beckton is, oh my goodness. Exactly. So,
1: when you talk about being well-rounded and being versatile, it's not a guy who's tremendous in pass protection, but you can't pull him. You know, you want your guard to pull out there in those sweeps sometimes. Or is an athletic. Uh, I know sometimes that's not the biggest requirement for offensive linemen, but this kid is athletic. He's basically a block of granite, too, out there, Mike. Strong, agile, few flaws in the game. And it just seems like this is a no-brainer pick. Brian Baldinger, NFL Network, said he's the best offensive lineman in the draft, okay? Mel Kuyper said it was a home run. I think when it comes to what we're trying to do here moving forward with the Jets, uh, we added that running back too, the type of zone blocking scheme we're going to have, like the Niners run, this, this is what this kid's probably going to excel at. This pick was an absolute... Home run. Daniel Jeremiah, too, before the Jets took him, said he knew they were going to take him. You heard him on the draft. I don't know if anyone was watching on NFL Network. He said that's the biggest no brainer, the best fit. Ended up turning out. We got our guy, Mike Elijah, Farrah Tucker, shoring up the offensive line just like we wanted.
0: I uh, said Slater was the Mr. T Rex. <laughs> That guy was a really good prospect, but he had small arms. And when you're looking at offensive tackle, you're looking at inside guard, you're looking at offensive linemen, there are a few attributes you look at. One is length, size, do they have it? The other is hand placement, foot placement. The third is strength and athleticism. Well, guess what? Elijah Vera Tucker has all three solid. And not only that, he's a mean son of a bitch he is he will drive you in the dirt he even said so himself and guess who's like that makai becton you got two beats two beats (laughs) on the left of the side of the of the line that when these defensive ends try to come at our little boy Zach, who I shouldn't call it, let alone six six uh, two, he ten. looks like
1: he looks like he's he lo- lo- he does
0: look like he's fourteen.
1: That's okay. Now I thought it was because I'm getting older, Mike. You know, when you look at younger people, sometimes you can't tell their ages as well. When you get no, that's like, everyone I talked to is like, "What's up with your quarterback? What's up with your quarterback?" bro? he looks like he's a child. People trying to troll me. I'm like, I don't care if he looks like he's an infant. If he throw if he's slinging touchdowns, and when it comes to Elijah very Tucker, Mike won the Morris Trophy last year, best offensive lineman in the Pac-10. First team All Pac-10, tremendous player, tremendous value pick. Again, that's two picks there. I think the Jets hit a home run with, but the biggest home run to me oh boy. in this entire draft for our squad, not the guy who's going to be the most impactful. I just talk about value of where we got him at. Is one Elijah Moore with the thirty-fourth pick of the NFL draft and the second pick of the second round the New York Jets selected Old Miss wide receiver Elijah Moore. Moore was absolutely electric his junior season, setting an Old Miss school record with 86 receptions and nearly 1,200 yards to go along with eight touchdowns in only eight games. He led the nation in receptions and yards per game for the 2021 NCAA season. Moore is an ultra-competitive player with a 4-3-5 40 times. Blazing short area quickness, which he uses to snap off crisp routes and create separation from defenders. He lined up primarily in the slot, but can play anywhere on the field. He has elite hand skills, reeling in 97% of catchable passes in 2020. Moore is an excellent all around wide receiver and a top 20 NFL prospect, an absolute steal for the Jets at number 34. All right, Mike, there he is Elijah Moore. I'm, I'm dumbfounded that he made it to pick number 34. I thought he was better than Tony. Um, I thought he's somebody that value-wise, when you saw what he was able to do in college, how electric he was, the hands he has, which I'm going to get into in a moment. Okay, you're talking about a kid that does not drop balls at all. <clears throat> when you put all those things together, first-round talent to me, last to number 34, this was surprising. And I thought maybe... When we were talking about who should we go here at the top, Mike, in the second round there, talking about maybe going offensive line again. Maybe they go corner. prize if they want offense again because the first two picks were offense last year. First two picks were offense this year. But Joe Douglas is running a different type of ship here, guys. Different yeah. type of situation going on here with Joe D. Mel Kiper, he was his number 16 pick. Number sixteenth player overall was Elijah Moore. And when you get into some of his stats now, you know he ran a four three five forty, like I said. But you go inside, you go and look at this kid's game log from last year, I wanna throw some at you guys. I gotta throw some of these stats at you because this is absolutely crazy. He played at Ole Miss. He's not playing at North Dakota State, Mike. He's not playing at freaking D2 on these stats, okay? These are Madden stats right here. This kid caught 97% of catchable passes in his college career.
0: That's wild. Okay,
1: that's that's unheard of. Now, think about having that level of hands, right? And I'm just gonna run real quick through this game log. Now, he only was able to play eight games last year. First game of the season, ten catches, two hundred twenty-seven yards. Okay, we're all we're off to a pretty good start. They play Kentucky. Second game, ten catches, ninety-two yards. He gets a the touchdown. They play Alabama.
0: Eleven for twelve.
1: Okay, eleven catches, one hundred forty-three yards. <laughs> okay, okay. Arkansas, eleven catches, one thirteen, touchdown. They play. Uh, they play Vanderbilt. Fourteen catches, two hundred and thirty-eight yards and three touchdowns. What is happening here? What, is what type of season is this? And Mike, the last two games of the season, he plays South Carolina, which we know had a pretty good corner on that squad. Okay. J.C. Horn, I'm not saying they were up against each the whole time, but he did play on that team. Tremendous defense, another SEC opponent. 13 catches, 225 yards, two touchdowns. Last game of the season, 12 catches for 139 yards. So last season for Elijah Moore here, guys, you're talking about 1,193 yards in eight games. That stat, that amount of yards in only eight games, Mike, it's the most yards per game in about 20 seasons that any receivers had.
0: That's insanity.
1: Now you're talking about, excuse me, in 12 seasons, anyone's had, it's the fourth most catches per game is 86 receptions going back 12 years also. So in the past 12, 13 years, there hasn't been a guy with this level of production in college football when it comes to yards and catches, and he's doing it in the SEC, and it's not like he's doing it on Alabama. It's not like he's doing it, with Trask. is the sec still don't get me wrong but this kid's doing it at Ole miss
0: yeah, right. And the my- thing is i made a comment that i disagreed with when you said i think that he's going to take away snaps from mims and then when i started studying him a little more and i saw that he can attack all three levels of the defense, he doesn't have to just play slot, he can really play all over the field. And if he is a better receiver than Denzel Mims, um, then I can absolutely see that. Um, he actually looks to me to be maybe he steps on the field, he's like, he's I mean, what I'm looking at right now, like, I I'm think he's looking, our best receiver, he may be our best, receiver, even yeah. better than Corey Davis. And let me just say something else. I was getting into it with somebody on uh, Twitter about um, one Jamison Crowder. Now I understand there's a lot of fans out there that love Jamison Crowder. I love Jamison Crowder. He's been our best receiver. But let me just say we're paying the man $11 million, okay? now. We have Keelan Cole. We have we're now five receivers deep. And I understand that it is amazing to have for young Zach Wilson. And I would say that if we were to just cut um, you know, Crowder and just save the money this year, it doesn't make sense. Let's just burn it. But the way this cap is, if you cut Crowder before the start of the season, that 10 million rolls over into next year's cap. So it actually makes sense uh to cut him if we don't really need to have a Jamison Crowder because I think four receivers along with the rest of the depth is pretty good, decent depth. And you may be taking snaps away potentially from one Elijah Moore. So how much more value? I mean, we're talking about $10 million. $10 million is a starter in free agency, right? So if I can, if I decide to move on from him and this is what I think is going to happen, we're going to go into camp. We're going to keep Crowder. We're going to keep Lewis, Alex Lewis, right? Alex Zoulias at seven point one million, and we're going to see how everything plays out. If there's any injuries, if you know how these guys are playing, and at the end of the day, if the rookies look like they can hold their own, I definitely see Crowder and uh, and and what's his name, Alex Zoulias getting cut and taking that money and then rolling into next year's cap. I absolutely see that. Oh, but they'll have yeah.
1: some money left over. I I look at it like this, Mike. I don't think we're gonna be hard up next year for cap space either. We're gonna have a ton of cap space, projected at least, yeah. you know. You can use every single dollar, like you said, every single dollar makes a difference. But if there is a way to give Zach Wilson as many weapons as humanly possible, we saw last year your wide receiver depth chart, a few injuries happen, you're depleted real quick. Yeah. I'd rather personally, I I, I agree with everything you said. I know what you're saying and where you're going. Me personally, I'd rather have an excess of guys where say Mims tweaks his ankle or elijah moore goes out and tweaks his ankle and god forbid davis is like has a hammy the same week and we're like all right well at least we could throw mims out there or we could throw crowder out there still or you know, right. you know or, or some combination of those of those two yeah, um you got five i just want yeah i just want to or keelan cole too i keep forgetting about him who's a decent receiver um in the mix and he, he's the guy who's going to be probably be more of a third or fourth receiver but he's a depth guy he can play we know if we need him to but when you look at what could potentially be the starting roster of the jets next year just on offense you have zach wilson you have Carter, who may or may not be the starter of running back, but you have Carter. You have Tevin Coleman there. Probably going to split the carries. Um, you have Moore. You have Mims. You have Crowder, and you have Davis. Maybe Crowder's gone, but even if you just have those three guys, that's a pretty good young core there when it comes to wide receiver. Um, this guy, Kenny Yeboah, I know preseason will come, Mike. Anybody could be a bum. Herndon yep. turned into a scrub. I think he's going to be pretty good. Then you have Beckton. You have Veritucker, You have McGovern. I mean, it seems like at least the depth we still have to build up, um, but on the, at least with the starters, we're gonna have a pretty formidable offense, it seems. With the 107th overall pick of the NFL Draft, and the second pick of round four, the New York Jets selected UNC running back Michael Carter. Michael Carter played four years at UNC, splitting backfield duties with Javante Williams each of the last two years, managing to outpace Williams and finish fourth in the nation with 1,245 rushing yards last season. His eight yards per carry led the country in 2020, and his 10.7 yards per catch average on 25 receptions shows he can also be a weapon in the passing game. Carter has great bend and agility, which allows him to stick and move as a one-cut runner, which is what he'll be asked to do on the New York Jets. Great footwork, runs very low to the ground, with above-average balance and vision. Carter has zero fumbles over the last two seasons. And although he isn't a big running back, he's trustworthy and more than willing in pass protection. Another possible steal here for the New York Jets. Mike, getting into the top pick we had there in round four, the fourth pick of the day for the New York Jets, running back from UNC, Michael Carter. Mm -hmm. What a surprise. What a surprise. First of all, that we selected a fourth offensive player in a row. I mean, that was shocking to me. I didn't think we were going to go that direction. Joe Douglas continues to surprise us and build up as many offensive assets as humanly possible, and we love it. However, the fact that this kid was on the board, Mike, most places you look, and we, we spoke about it before the draft, he was the fourth or fifth highest ranked running back. Now, this is a shallow running back class. I get that also. His, his running mate there at UNC, Javonte Williams, went a little higher than him. We know Etienne was going to go high. We know our boy Harris was going to go high. But this kid has an upside. That's the level of, I don't know. I mean, he seems like his level could be, not. I'm not going to say ETN, but Williams went ahead of him because of his size. But this kid's more of a home run type running back. Get his break. yards per game is just through the roof. Mike, I know you have some stats for us when it comes to that. I mean, this seems like another value home run pick for Joe Douglas, another weapon for Zach Wilson. And maybe in this zone blocking scheme, you know, where you need that speed to the outside, seems like a guy that's going to be able to help us big time next year.
0: We just talked about Elijah Veritaker being an incredible run blocker, and we already know how good McGonaghan Becton is at run blocking. And that is perfect for a young guy who is very good at looking at the second level and then uh, having that bend and agility to stick and doing that one cut and taking off for a home run he is like that he's very very good at seeing the holes and then just exploding so from a strategic perspective he's a really great fit in this Y zone type offense but not only just that let's look at the production over the last back-to-back seasons over a thousand yards rushing that's beautiful we always want to see that but you know what my favorite stat Keith is my favorite stat no fumbles over the last two seasons dude yeah what no fumbles and we know that turnovers is the worst the worst that was one of the things i loved about kareem hunt remember when in our fantasy when i drafted him and i loved him i loved him because he didn't turn the ball over no turnovers that's the same thing here with michael carter and i'm gonna tell you something don't sleep on this kid fantasy wise Do not sleep on this kid because he's going into this system with that type of run blocking and his vision and his ability to hit the ground running. I'm telling you right now, he could be a real weapon for us, a real one, and be a running back, maybe one of the better running backs we've seen since Curtis Martin.
1: Yeah, and you're talking about almost 1,300 yards last year. He only had about 155 carries, 156 carries, splitting carries out there with Williams. Mike, he averaged eight yards a carry last year. I know Javante Williams out there too, and they were kind of a thunder and lightning deal. But for his career there, he was a four-year player at UNC, six point six yards a carry. Uh, last year, ridiculously productive. In the past two seasons, as you said, three hundred and thirty-three carries, zero fumbles. You know, you're also talking about a kid who has forty-five plus catches, so he could do it all. And his forty times was around like a four-four or four-five. But in those those other drills, the agility drills, those cone drills, like you yeah. said. You, yeah. you alluded to. He had stats that were as good as anybody in the last 20 years when it comes to running back. So when it yeah. comes to agility-wise, really, really good guy. And it does seem like, uh, you know, the production was there at UNC. Comes into this offense with the Jets, that seems like it may be tailor-made for his skill set. Definitely going to have an opportunity to go ahead and grab the reins at that running back position. We'll see what happens with the carries. We know the 49ers like, kind of like to go with the hot hands. We'll see what the Jets do. Tevin Coleman has never been some dominant running back. He's always been decent right. enough. Decent right. running back. Okay, Ty Johnson last year was pretty decent when he got a chance. Piran was underwhelming, Mike. I know you weren't happy with him. He's going to get another shot. At I think. I think
0: he's going to be the man left man left out. He's built for a scheme like this. In and my we opinion. forget I love those guys.
1: We brought back Josh Adams too, who's a big yeah. running back from Notre Dame. Yeah. Big, big guy that could be our short yardage guy. So it seems like a lot of those guys have more of a defined role. That a P ride might have, but we know Michael Carter's going to get a lot of looks. And, we this, know- and
0: this is really going to be the most defining thing about Joe Douglas. You know, GMs are quick to be like, "Yeah, that cat isn't really good because the other GM picked them." Whatever, blah, blah blah blah. When you can quickly identify that you screwed up and move on, that shows me that you're not really worried about your job or whatever. You just want to have the best team. So if he realizes, yo. P. Ryan just ain't going to work out. Let me move on and not be like, well, he's my pick. Like I'm looking at the backup quarterback and he drafted Morgan, right? Is he going to be like, well, I drafted a backup quarterback. So that's going to be the backup quarterback or shoot. I need to get another quarterback because he's not good enough. I'm going to, I'm clearly watching Joe Douglas and seeing, you know, are you all about you and how good you draft? Or are you just taking the data and making the right decisions no matter what? That, to me, is extremely important.
1: And you look, man, last year, Mike, um, damn, when we came to running the ball, we actually we actually averaged over 100 yards a game rushing the ball. But it seems like that's all we could do. It seems they just gave the ball to Gore. Even if he ran for three yards a carry, Gaze was like, well, if I give it to him 25 times, at 75 yards, you know? It's like, what the hell? So that's kinda seemed like what we were at last year. Passing-wise, we were completely inept. Rushing-wise, we were a little bit better when it comes to run blocking. You had Elijah Vera Tucker into the mix, and you had Michael Carter into the mix. You had Tevin Coleman, a much better running back um, at this point in his career, probably than Frank Gore is. And I don't know, I think that's gonna be a big improvement on offense. And it's just for Jet fans, for all fan bases, this type of year, there's a lot of hope, like A lot of hope, you see your picks. You feel good about it. You think in your head, man, maybe this guy we got in the third round could be a steal. Maybe this dude we drafted in the first round is going to be as good as we think. Maybe this quarterback we took at 15th, James like a Lego. Um, maybe he'll be great. Maybe he won't. But it's exciting this time of year, especially and now for Jet fans. Our past two drafts combined, coming off last year, Mike, Mims looked like he could be a decent player. We know Beckton's a beast. We know Ashton Javis showed he's pretty good. Hall looked pretty decent. Uh, I mean, it seems like this is back-to-back drafts. We're stocking up on young players, and do not forget, Jet fans, that next season we have two first-round picks, two second
0: and two second-round picks. picks. Don't
1: forget about it. Don't forget you know, about that.
0: And I and I want to just say in the draft, you know, I was looking at the way everything was falling. Um, I love that Trey Lance ended up going. I thought Justin Fields should have went to San Francisco. Trey Lance ended wow. up going there. You know. Um, I you know we talked about the Bengals I thought they should have went with Penny school but you know it looked like the GM and the owner kind of pushed the whole chase thing Um, we'll see how that works out for them but I just want to say that and I don't know how you felt about this but when it got to pick 10-9 and the Denver Broncos decided to take uh, uh, Samuel I mean uh, the cornerback ascertain and not take justin fields i did start getting nervous because i did not want justin fields in new england i did not want it I'm, t- I'm sorry i saw enough of him to know that i did he was good enough and we talked about it if the jets took him i didn't i rather have had you know wilson but if they took fields i wouldn't have been mad I would have been like yo the guy's got the production he's got the accuracy he's you know he's an athlete all that stuff good kid everything i did not want it and when the bears moved up to 11 and took him i was just like inside i was like oh thank you and then (laughs) pick 15 came well we moved up gripped up elijah vera tucker pick 15 came and the new england oh wait before i get into that i loved how the the, the eagles screwed the giants oh, now, man, they caused- son, the, i mean it was the no it was the cowboys the cowboys traded back with the eagles the eagles gripped yeah your classic cb you said, not oh C B was CB, terrible long. oh wookie was furious and then wookie, yeah. we're not even getting get in there very angry that's why he's not here right now probably he's in the cave but uh, then the Patriots went and got Mac Jones and my boy, who's my cousin, who's a Patriot fan, was like, oh, we're gonna come up And I just sending him, lol, 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 because now this could get come back to haunt us one day, maybe, okay, whatever, but I'm not a Mac Jones at all. And I was actually pretty pleased that the Patriots picked him up.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna reserve my hatred. Well, I shouldn't say that, not that I hate Mac Jones uh we'll see how it, it's to be determined how i'll play in the pros yeah. but when me when me and you just like tore down josh allen for a couple years it didn't work I out know. well for us now yeah. so that's why this time i'm taking take a little bit more of a measured approach okay mike yes i'm gonna chill i'm gonna wait let's see how this guy looks in the preseason he's still gotta be cam newton out um he does not look like an athlete as we know but does that mean anything no neither did tom brady when he got drafted i mean, we have to hope that doesn't work out though because, like we said, the Patriots have not had a good draft in a million years, so we have to. You hope saw, that him, walk
0: the you oh, saw him walk out of the tunnel. You saw him walk out of the tunnel. Looked like a principal or something. You know, yeah,
1: exactly. He looked like an insurance salesman. Like, and, like locked his keys in his car. He's running back outside or something. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. But that was. Yeah, he tried his best, but hopefully, but hopefully, he's not slinging it. But like you said, Mike, when they passed on, um, you know, when the Broncos did what they did, I was a little surprised. I think that the Giants also surprised me a little bit because it seemed like. They wanted to get a receiver, which I get, but they have Galladay, They have Sterling. It seemed like they have a lot of other holes on the squad. Not the defense is, is, is much improved. The defense was pretty good last year. Um, but I did think they were going to still go defense, because the offense, it seemed like that's where they spent most of the their money yeah. in the free agency. But they took yeah. Tony with Elijah Moore out there, and a lot of people weren't happy with that pick. It seemed like at the end of that first round, a lot of stretches or a lot of, according to the experts at least, a lot of reaches, but that's one of the reasons that Elijah Moore was there for us top of the second round. So worked out good then, for us, Mike.
0: And the Raiders went and took Leatherwood.
1: Yeah, still people are still trying to figure that out. No one, no one grasped that one. What are you guys doing? Leatherwood was, you know, top of the second round, seventh or eighth offensive lineman on the board. When your GM when your GM has to tweet out a tweet the next day, and it begins with, We knew this pick would be controversial, but never Never. I remember they called the want- name. And it was all quiet, and he was like, "What? The- what just happened?" You only want the pick to be controversial because maybe you pick someone that unfortunately had like off the field issues or something. When it's controversial, because people might think he's a scrub, that's not the best. And when your GM tweets it out and admits it, you just were you probably loving every single second of that. As you know our friend poor dan Campbell, probably by tortured by that part one here of our draft through picks one through four we're going to come back at you next week through the rest of this draft whole bunch of defensive players we're going to get into a whole bunch of undrafted players we're going to get into talented players just gave some money out to some of these undrafted guys kenny Oboa's tight end but there's many other guys out there um we're going to get into if anyone does want to get at us support us mike hear us get me the aebg world in any way shape or form where can you do that
0: Well, we are on YouTube. Please follow us on YouTube. We're on the Elite Sports Radio Network, SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, com. Please follow us on Facebook at aebg.jetradio, on Twitter at aebg underscore Podcast, and on Instagram at jet.aebg.
1: You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris. My name is Keith Farrell. Connection next week, everybody. Peace out.